What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hey, it's Mike. It's Old Religion Dystopia, and uh, I'm with uh, M.K. Davis. This is part 10 or conversation. Uh, we talked about maybe going into a different direction. We'll see how it goes. These are just conversations, so there's nothing set in stone. But um, and we can find M.K. Davis's work on the Davis Report and uh, also then a Green Wave 2010 FB YouTube channel. So Green Wave 2010 FB. So uh, I know that I talked to Duke about uh, Brian Sullivan coming on, but uh, I know he he said he felt like, well, he'd join us, but he said he didn't know what he would actually contribute. He doesn't know very much about JFK and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so if he does or doesn't, I understand. So, or maybe he forgot. This seems to be the the course of action the past couple of weeks. I guess now that things are getting better, it's going to be even more challenging to get together. Um, as far as weather goes, you know, you got to get out there and enjoy it. So, but uh, MK and I were just talking about before we get into the JFK about. Uh, Colorado Bigfoot, uh, he has a video uh, where the big Sasquatches, where the big Sasquatch roam, and I've been finding faces, and I've been uh, sketching them and drawing them. You okay? You okay? Yeah, I just was drinking out of my glass of tea, and the straw rubbed the lid. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. That was kind of I was kind of caught off guard by that. I was like, oh, man, I hope he's not having a heart attack or something. Jeez, almighty. That was like Bigfoot. It does. So I was telling you, MK, I so said, you know, I found, uh, um, actually, uh, on uh, the YouTube channel, I have several of them, several of the pictures that I found in this one video alone. Uh, one of the this, the recording I did of uh, North American wood apes, Sasquatch stacking, and totem poles, and then the one that you and I did with um, with Duke last week, and then the one I did with uh, Daniel Bonet um, of ECBRO. Those just three faces I found, uh, just in this one particular video. And it's only like, you know, from minute and 11 seconds to like a minute and 30-something seconds and in between. Anyways, I find it fascinating. This is my first experience in this kind of thing, you know. It's not like the same thing with the one uh, project that I put on hold, but we'll get back to it about the uh, the one that you have of the guy, the, the one, oh gosh. Uh, Bigfoot face from East Texas. 
where you see a whole bunch of different images, and I don't know if that's what you would call pareidolia in that one. Um, I mean, pareidolia is real. It's it, it's not a it's not a made up thing, and, right. and it's because the brain is programmed to see faces. You know, it, it, when you're a you're born with it. Recognize your mother's face, your your father's face. You know, uh, uh, it's it, your brothers and sisters. You know, it, it comes very very quickly, and and in some cases, that area is overstimulated. There are people who have what they call pareidolia. They just if they see all the faces that they should see, and then they see more. Um, and 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 you know that's something that if it weren't for Bigfooting. Very, very little would be known about it or very little said about it. Uh, because Bigfooting, you know, where it's an area where you're strained to see anything, well, pareidolia becomes uh, a little more of a, of a, of a, not say an issue, but it, people become, it, it comes to the fore, is what I'm saying. It, that's when you start to get pareidolia, though. That's when there are some people in Bigfooting that think all everything that a person sees is pareidolia. <laughs> yeah, so they, <laughs> so they don't they don't acknowledge anything. You know, Bigfoot could be smiling at them. Well, I, I'm very confident uh, that I'm not dealing with pareidolia here. No way. No way. There's absolutely no way. Uh, the only thing I could think of that it could be. And somehow uh, the faces were put in there, but the amount of effort and time, one way or the other, either to, uh, you may talk about hoaxing now, and either to put the, the faces in this patch of woods or to, through computer generate, you know, in layering and, and uh, all the software they have now, you would need a team of people to do this because it, either that, or you'd have to have someone who'd spend days to make this work. So, um, and, and you know, I, I know what you're talking about, too, because, you know. This guy, this guy gets sweaty with people. This guy gets sweaty with people. This guy gets sweaty with people. Oh, great, thanks. <laughs> My son's playing his Legos, and I forgot to... Um, Oh, well. Anyways, his Lego guy gets sweaty when he sleeps. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I talking about now? Okay, so, yeah, so these, these images, it's just no way. And, you know, the pareidolia, you know, I was looking at uh, my garden, you know, uh, from the, you know I, after I parked into the driveway, and I have a garden in the back there with a, and I was looking at these faces. Uh, I was looking at faces. I was looking at these leaves, and I said, "Oh my gosh! I can see. I can imagine a face. I could. I could see a head. Uh, uh, I mean, two eyes and a mouth and all that." And I said, "Well, that must be something. You know, what's going on here? Is it me now and training my eyes to see things?" And of course, the answer is yes. But at the same token, I'm looking at that, and I said, "Well." Obviously, it's not a face. It could be some kind of monstrous face, but um, 
there's just no way. I, well, I guess all I could have, no way to prove it definitely for me, Kim K, is to start looking at another uh, video of woods that people just do, you know, and um, that aren't interested in Bigfoot or anything like that, and see if I see the same thing. I guess that's the only way. The proof. Well, I mean, that's 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 where you test yourself, uh, and that's how you train yourself. That if if, it, if, it, if there is pareidolia there that you you find it and you recognize it and then you can train yourself not to have it. Right. Uh, it, it's a you know it's it's as an observer have you ever that there's there's people in like the government like the FBI or CIA that are that are trained highly skilled observers and and, and like like in the space program they they have people who analyze photographs. You know, like a satellite flies over the Soviet Union or whatever. These people are trained to pick out things. Uh, they pick out facilities and stuff. And yeah. that's not pareidolia. The United States has acted based on those photos. Cuban Missile Crisis is an example. Um, somebody says, look here, the Russians you put missiles in Cuba. So you say, oh, that's pareidolia. You got missiles on your brain. <laughs> no, they didn't do that. <laughs> so these people have been trained, and, and you can train yourself likewise. You can train yourself to be an expert in picking out Bigfoot. You know, well, you would, you would know well, well, here's the thing. The question that arises for me is, am I actually looking at Bigfoot, or am I looking at something completely different? Uh, you see... I mean, there's an awful lot of the, the the images could be, but a lot of them are very ghoulish looking. And uh, I mean, are you talking about somebody who's never been interested in, in the paranormal? I've never been interested until four months ago. Was never even interested in Bigfoot, really. Well, uh, I'm here to tell you now, Bigfoot ain't pretty. Well, the, what I'm seeing, uh, these things aren't pretty. I can see why people, when they see them for the first time or whenever they see them. They they pee their pants because they got the ugliest darn faces you've ever seen in your life. I mean, they're they're if you, beyond. If you, if, you, if you look at a hybrid like Patty, that she looks bad. But if you look at a a, a pure, you know, full blooded Bigfoot, it's hard to look at. I mean, they're they're ugly. I'm not sure about them. And, and they fit the description people put on them as being like monsters. Huge in size, lumbering, and ugly in the face, foul in habits, foul in smell, you know, dangerous. All of those have been applied to those those types. Uh, less so for the fatty types. Less so. Uh, they have that quality, of human quality, but you know, it just depends on the mix. You know, how you if you, if you encounter one, you're just guessing at what they're going to do, or or, or you kind of look at them and you know, make a judgment, maybe, but the best thing to do is get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best thing. If you saw one like the football freedom, you best you best get out of there if you can. If you if you just escape this pop, because uh, those kind right there don't they don't play around. Right. Well, you know. 
it's just the things that I'm seeing here, though, with what I find peculiar is the fact that not a single one looks the same. Not a single one. The one only thing that's the same is they're ugly and they got hair. They're hairy. But outside yeah. of that, some are kind of looking bald, looking like, uh, you know, one of those guys that's just got the hair on the sides and bald on the top. Uh, all of them got some kind of funky-looking nose, deep-set eyes, uh, grins, um, big mouth type of thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I really try to convince myself that I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm doing my darndest. You know what I mean? This is not, you know, uh, normal for me. And, and uh, I mean, I've captured some pretty ghoulish-looking ghoulish, ghoulish looking images. Let me recommend something to you. Let me, uh, back away from it. Give it a, a, a day, 24 hours, cooling off. And then go look at it again. And see if it, you're still seeing what you see. And if you are still seeing what you see, then go from there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, yeah, it's strange stuff. So you, well, you, you, see, you, see why, you see why I say that is because stimulation, you know, can, can cause that. But you, if you just never, if you look at it all day long, all day long, all day long, uh, it, it, it becomes, it goes to, ends up going to another part of the brain. It, it goes, it leaves the analytical part and goes to a part, the same part that you use to go get something from the refrigerator. You know, you just looked in the refrigerator and you saw everything that was in that refrigerator, but not analytically. And, and, and that's why, I, and you might be aware of this, I don't know, but a lot of artists often paint looking into a mirror. Sure. But because of that, they, that, because they spend hours doing this painting, and it, it eventually it'll switch to another part of the brain, and they can't do their best work. So they switch it around. Or, or they may even paint left-handed or right-handed the opposite side at the moment. Uh, I've done that to the patty thing. I've been, I've switched it mirror, mirror inverted it to where she walks from right to left. You know, none of the data changed, but it, it changed the way I look at it, the, the analytical part. Right. You want to keep, you want to keep it fresh in your mind. So if you keep on looking at it all the time, give it a break. <laughs> and then see, see, see if you're still looking and seeing what you were. Yeah, well, it's a very much a, a trick of the uh, a trick of the eye or to the eye, I should say, and uh, it's, it's well, you, yeah. you start seeing yeah. things that aren't there, but um, you see it two, two, two steps. I mean, your eyes are cameras, but they don't do the interpretation at all. And as a matter of fact, they see their their your vision sees upside down, and your brain flips it over. And uh, and there was a guy one time that made a pair of glasses that, that flipped everything upside down. And after two weeks of wearing it, he started to see right side up again with yeah, those glasses yeah, yeah. on. Right. 
true. So there's, there's yeah, yeah. The oh, well, the, it's funny the thing. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, right now, I'm looking at different images of uh, inside a forest, and you know, I see. And I now can see a nose and two eyes. So I can make out things everywhere. And so, whoa, you know, how how far of a, did, did I go? I was tricking myself here. But I know that what I'm looking at with these pictures is not a face. That's the difference. I know it's yeah. not a face. I just see the face kind of, I think there's something about Bigfoot's eyes, this creature's eyes, because how dark set they are and deep set they are, that, uh, and because they're not really uh, what you and I are used to looking at, as far as eyes, then they, they just like, you know, there's a, you know, a, a branch in the distance that's got, you know, is shaded and you got something running across it, you know, going, say the one branch is shaded as horizontal, another one's going as kind of vertical. And next thing you know, um, you think you're seeing something that's a face. And I understand that. And I mean, it's, but it's, uh, these are things that I'm actually seeing, and these are real faces. I don't know what it is, but I'm not putting, I'm not buying into the pareidolia. So. And I do agree with you that you need to take time, and so you know, uh, I will be doing some other drawings outside of uh, Bigfoot, especially considering the series I'm doing about uh, Emma Emmett Scott's. Uh, book uh, a, a guide to the phantom dark ages and if we talk end up talking about kf kfj K, oh, am i saying that right k kfk kfk jfk i guess <laughs> whiskey kentucky fried chicken wrong <laughs> oh gosh well anyways i mean i've done a lot of research on it um as far as the potential people that were involved there, we look at the fact that it was in Dallas. We look at this more close to 33rd parallel. We look at it's front of the Masonic Lodge. We look at the fact that the possibility that even George Herbert uh, Walker Bush or George Sr. would, uh, that was actually standing there at the corner that day. I've looked at the fact that for some reason, the first, you know, Totally against protocol, the bodyguarders, bodyguards stepped off the vehicles or walked away. The fact that uh, all the inconsistencies about the film, as far as especially one of the more weirder things is how it was chopped up, at least the one that was presented to the public. And at the motorcade, one more, there's two police cars, and then the next moment there's only one. So I, I don't know. There's stuff like that. Uh, then they got the images of people standing on the field or inside of the street. And as uh, uh, JFK, you know, in his car is, is driving by, they're still looking the opposite direction. So uh, there's a lot of things that, I don't know, you're the one that's done the work on this film. So I imagine you well, have... I, I could think, imagine in, in my mind. Uh, I could imagine JFK's fried chicken up on the sixth floor museum, <laughs> <laughs> right, bes- right beside the disinformation booth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? 
It's an opportunity to make some money and profiteer, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I suspect so. I, have you ever been there? Have you ever been to Dallas? Where? To Dallas. I have not. I've never been to Dallas, but I've seen a lot, plenty of images. And I've seen oh, a lot yeah, of, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. <laughs> There's nothing changed. Uh, oh, the, yeah. Everything everything has been like the whole of Daily Plaza is like a giant museum. You know, does, uh, is, that, is that true they have an obelisk there, too? I didn't see one. And it was. I checked my photos. <laughs> Everything I saw looked exactly like what you see in the the, the Bruder film and the Nick film, and you know, even all, all the little gas lights and everything, or steel street lights are there. Uh, they, they've had to add a you know a plank or two to the to the uh, fence there on the grassy knoll. Uh huh. But but even some of those are still original. It's uh, they've done that. Even, 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 you know, well, I am totally and utterly convinced of one thing. This assassination was planned way ahead in advance, way ahead. It wasn't something, oh, we got to get this done. We're going to get done now. I met, I met this uh, Mr. Dealey there when I was there. Uh, his grandfather, that's who it's named after, Dealey Plaza. Uh-huh. His grandfather hated JFK. A lot of people did. I mean, he absolutely hated him. A lot of people uh, have have a theory that the reason why he was even elected to begin with was because a lot of people hated him and they had plans for. Do you, do you see a similarity? Do you see a similarity with with, with today? Somewhat. Uh, uh, well, a, a, a president who won, obviously the majority of people voted for him. But yet, it it has all the appearance that everybody hates. Um, oh, and then if you look at the fact that he was on, you're talking about Donald Trump and how he's been groomed. Well, it's, I, I see some similarities in the way things have have gone. You know, he's he, in international affairs. He's excelled really by using swagger and force. But uh, where where the previous administration had been kind of. You know, ineffective. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I can just see, you know, that there is. I don't. Everybody says that history repeats itself, and Lord, I, I wouldn't want that to ever happen. But you know, I, I do see, you know, some similarities in the behavior and everything. Even though he's not even in the same party. Well, the uh, thing is, if you look at this research of uh, Donald Trump, he was groomed from a very early age. It's, it's so obvious that he was to be president. You look at the Illuminati playing cards from the back in the early 90s, and they have a character, and there's, and there's uh, a phrase, you know, enough is enough. And it's about, you know, this whole thing about people are sick and tired of things, and they get this. Uh, a character figure to be president that's going to do things for you looks just like Donald Trump and it literally says enough is enough and what was Donald Trump's campaign phrase enough is enough I'm telling you this election if ever has been an election this that has been staged from beginning to end it has been this one and they do want to move this country to a different direction just as they did back in JSK's time they wanted to move us in a different direction and again they want to move us in a different direction a different direction where there's less freedoms 
and that this country comes of, I guess, you know, part of some other mega state like the North American Union or something, whatever they decide to do. And what they're demonst- what they're trying to prove to everybody or what they're trying to present to everybody is this whole incompetence of the government and how we need a change and we need a different type of uh, system. And, uh, well, you know, in truth, we do. We need the old system again. <laughs> that was that kind of worked all right, you know, a uh, uh, hundred some years ago, but that's not going to happen, you know, we're talking about. Well, I, I understand adapting uh, adaptation because uh, as we, as we you know, move through time, uh, things change on the world scene. Like, like in, in the 1800s, you couldn't. It took weeks to get a letter, you know, delivered to some other leader, telling him you want to do this or that. You know, N- now you know it's, it's instantaneous, and you can get on a plane and be on the other side of the world in hours. Uh, you know that type of thing. So yeah, I understand adapting. You know. So we can't run it exactly like it was run in the 1700s, but we have that model. You know, uh, I think what you're referring to is the creation of an entirely different model. Oh, well, uh, yeah, one where, uh, yeah, well, yeah, the New World Order, what they're talking about, this whole new, uh, which, uh, you know, a, a phrase that's been banned around forever and a day, but the whole idea is that... Uh, uh, basically, to make I I see it as make us to Europeanize us. Like in Europe, you have no right to really any kind of guns, although you might get a hunter gun and all this kind of stuff and yeah, defense of your rights. And there is no such thing as any real constitution. There's just a, and all this kind of you know pretending, pretending yeah. that well, the most most of them get their orders from the European Union. And they, you know, it's, uh, you know, they can't decide for themselves. I think that's why Great Britain decided to leave it, because they were telling them that they had to take in X number of refugees, they had to do this, do that. And this is all from somebody, you know, in another country over there. Some, and, they, you know, if the, if the uh, English got tired of it, you know the high-spirited Americans would really be one out of something like that. And that's what they want, because if you look at Albert Pike's letter to Maine Stadium, when he's talking about World War III and rubbing or fomenting agri- agri- uh, uh, the uh, uh, Zionists against the Mohammedists, that's exactly what they're doing. That's the logic behind why. You know, if you're if you, I mean, why would they have a million people come to uh, uh, Europe? There's only two reasons: to assimilate them or to agitate the populace. So they could have their big old third world war to rearrange things, and they know this whole thing about order out of chaos, and uh, and that. You well, know, that's how many how many Syrians are there? How many Syrians are in Syria? I don't know. And do you, well, you, do you just you just can't. They just can't keep on coming out of the country, and at that level, the, the, I well, mean, everybody most, will be gone most, eventually. Most of them are actually coming from Africa, from what I hear. Uh, uh, Somalia, maybe? Or just, you know, uh, Arabic uh, countries, Lebanon, Egypt, uh, Morocco, other places, you know. Um, uh, even other places in the Middle East, it's not all Syria. But the thing is, is that they're, 
You know, if we're all worried about national security, why in the hell are they bringing all these people in there? By the way, I've met quite a few of them. Because in Sylvania or Toledo, Ohio, it's just up, it's just up, you know, Detroit is just an hour away, and they are fanning out everywhere. Every go to every park. Five years ago, you never even saw one. Now, when you take your son to the park, there's always someone, you know, with a covered face and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not judging them one way or the other because of their. Oh no, America's always been a very compassionate when it when it when there was compassion that was deserved. You know, uh, I don't know if emptying a country from into the United States is what they were talking about when they were talking about compassion. You know, it seems like they're just they're going to be dry, devoid of a population over there. You know, some people. In order to stay a country, they need enough people. Everybody takes them. Uh, it's and and you know it's uh, I, I I wonder about you know people will say, well I love these people and I want them to have a better life and I want it so bad that I'm going over to Berkeley and kick out Wendy's. <laughs> you know. That that don't sound too much like love. Uh, you know, a, a person needs to do a little soul searching. You know, what what is it that I think that I I love about these people? Uh, you you don't want a baby to suffer. You don't want children to suffer. Why are they suffering? What's the what's bringing them over here? What's making them want to come? Well, it's probably a little bit of suffering. And then a, a lot of wanting the good life. Uh, and a good life is a matter of perspective, too. I mean, to you and I, poverty might be someone else's good life. Uh, you know, so that's, that's the solution is that the country itself, the United States of America, the sole duty of the most top of the, at the top of the list is to protect the citizens. You know, if you if you bring hostile people and put them there on top of the citizens and say deal with it, then you failed. You failed. Uh, you didn't find a solution. You just created another problem. MK, you know what? That's the logical answer. But we're not now. We we have to. Uh, for my research. There's the oligarchy, there's the ruling class, and there's other people that actually uh, like own the mineral rights and, and and own everything and think that we're chattel and think that we're, you know, they're being traded. You're right now, you're being traded out of the stock exchange, MK. And uh, that's, 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 that's the ideal scenario. But the problem is uh, that is not the reality. The reality is that they're going to push us and move us in any direction that they feel they want to, do, to take us for that the best benefit of themselves first, not you and I. And by the way, there is an obelisk there in um, the Dealey Plaza. And there. Uh, another thing, too, is if you look at the street plant, it's also a trident, a pitchfork, or three, you know, three the way it's Yeah, it was, it was very, that's a very odd. Configuration. Well, it's uh, almost—it's almost, well, it's almost like the whole thing was designed for this that moment back in 
when uh, JFK was assassinated. And uh, was it uh, 1963 or two, three, right? It was 63. Yeah. I, I, I remember. I was only in the, in the third grade, but I remember. Everybody remembers it. That's the amazing thing about it. And they made sure everybody remembers it and always remembers it. And that's I mean, they, 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 announced, they announced it on the loudspeaker and then came room to room. And, and we're, we're only kids. They we under, they they got the message across. Cause, well, uh, I mean, I, I can see it in my mind just as clearly. I bet you still, can. I bet you can. Just like um, the people that say that you know they remember when they went to the moon and all that kind of thing. Which uh, I'm a doubter, but, um, but it's, it's in people's minds so much. I remember that when I was a kid, there was another kid and somebody threw a rock and hit him in the head. And he started bleeding. Uh huh. And he saw the blood. He put his hand up there and put it up. And he starts screaming out, just like President Kennedy, just like President Kennedy. And he tore off running for home. And his kid was no more than just, a, you know, maybe four or five years old. Well, that's and an this interesting was like, observation. This, wow. this, this was like years. Uh, it was probably, a, well, was how, when was this? 63. This was probably 68. You know, uh, and it was this kid knew all about the assassination and the terribleness of it. You know, uh, uh, it's 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 so it was so deeply set. And then '68 was also a year of other assassinations, right? And uh, so the 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 and good old, the, and good old Walter, good old Walter Concrete too. Everyone remembers him, and a member of the CFR. And someone who blatantly said, you know, he was proud of the fact that he lied to the public. And uh, he's the same guy that the most trusted man in America. So the contradictions going on during this time period, MK, uh, are just like we're seeing always. But even if it is more magnified now with what's going on today with the, the political system that's out there in the uh, city-state of uh the District of Columbia, United States. So, yeah, I, uh, I I kind of I kind of chuckle a little bit when you know I when you know you're talking about drawing comparisons and similarities and things. Uh, the the amount of effort that's being made to quote get to the bottom of a Russian uh, U.S. collusion, you know, uh, a Russian Trump administration collusion. And so little effort was was put into finding the killer of JFK. You know, do you know how many? You, do you know how many Russians were there? You know, well, this is the problem, MK, is that not only were Russians there, but so were many of the big. Uh, uh, some of the oh, big it was names, a, and, and the CIA and the CIA. I mean, this was a collective effort. One of the things I turn, when you look at the Russian flag, it has the double phoenix, the same symbol that is used by Freemasonry and others. And I really honestly think, honestly, at this point from my research, that the Cold War wasn't exactly at all what they presented to us, and that that we have had a, a, a strange 
alliance with them for a very long time. That in other words, yeah. the people uh, at well, the top if, 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 in Moscow, if at, the type people at the top in Moscow, you know, in Moscow, I'm not talking about the average person that was indoctrinated to become a, a, a communist. I'm talking about the, the people at the very top in Moscow, you know, uh, what they call the new Constantinople. And it's simply the you know the the capital of the of the Eastern Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire that never went away. I know this all sounds pretty dramatic, but it's the truth. And that you know there's you know the one of the longest alliances that uh, and treaty agreements that actually we have upheld. And the United States is the Russian American Treaty of eighteen was twelve or in that period eight in the early. Eight, between 1810 and 1820. So the, the fact of the matter is, you know, there was the Civil War. It was the Russians, not, not anyone else. It was the Russians that, quote, unquote, came to the aid. Now, whether that was a reality or not, there was certainly they brought their navies uh, and they and they uh, blockaded the, the the East Coast and the West Coast from British involvement or, or French involvement because they wanted to get involved. So, I mean, we have been in a, a really strange relationship with the Russians. I mean, we got them, uh, you know, it just goes on and on. So here we have... But, you, 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 know, the, you know the guy, Abraham Sabruder, the guy that took the Sabruder film, you know, the assassination of Kennedy. Uh, he was Ukrainian. Imagine that. <laughs> okay. Okay, now, now listen. He worked for a lady named Jean Legon. Don't let the name fool you. She was Russian. And, and of course, by that time, by the time of the assassination, he started his own business. But up until that time, he'd worked for her. Okay, her boyfriend was George de Mordenchild. His father was mayor of Minsk. And he was, uh, he was an oil geologist. And him and his wife, Jean Ligon, had befriended Lee Harvey Oswald and Marina Oswald while they were in Fort Worth. And they and, and they talked the Oswalds into moving to Dallas where there was a quote larger Russian community. Okay, George de Mornchild, in his earlier days, babysat Jacqueline Onassis. Not Onassis, but Jacqueline. Jacqueline Beauvoir at the time before she married Kennedy. He babysat her. Don't if you think that's a little bit, little bit odd? Don't you, have you heard of the the the, the uh, theory? Uh, was they called the assassination of the king or whatever it is? Where uh, and these these blue bloods they have the little ritual. Oh, oh, you Well, where he, you know, he was. He was grown. He was groomed for this moment. Let's put it that way. He being JFK was groomed for that moment, and that there are so many parties involved. Every, every, everybody's in Dealey Plaza. We got we got a, a guy that had put had been responsible for putting Lee Harvey Oswald there in Dallas. He had babysat Jacqueline Kennedy when she was young, and. For his efforts, for his efforts in uh, in what they call handling the Oswald, he was granted a oil 
oil contract. So a search for oil in Haiti. Now, now Haiti has got a corrupt government, and they have always been used to pay people off without a paper trail. And if you look, look, how many people do you know after leaving government goes to Haiti to start some kind of charity? <laughs> I know, I know, uh, quote unquote, alleged, alleged couple, uh, a guy by the last name of Blythe, I believe his last name is. Well, <laughs> it's, it's got to, it's got to do with being a pirate. The skull and bone has never being put away. It no. just changed forms. You can find it at Yale University. Absolutely. Look how many members of Skull Bones were there, including... You That's know, what I'm talking about. They're, they're pirates. And then, then pirates. you look at that. And then that's a, a, by the way, when they do their rituals, they have initiation. One of the things that they do is they kiss the Pope's slipper. And I don't know if you knew that or not. But that, and then you look at the, the uh, skull and bone symbol, and then you look at the symbol for the papacy and the Vatican, and it's got the triple crown with the with the two with the two keys representing the temporal and ecclesiastical spiritual power. And I'm telling you, it, it, this this what happened to JFK leads all the way to Rome, but not just Rome. It goes everywhere. There's London and there's Moscow, and they made it so there's never you're never going to figure out the exact person. And if you do figure out the exact person, which is you know, as far as I, I think we're going to talk, they, about they, had, they, they had their chance within ten minutes of the assassination. Once they that ten minutes, once, once that ten minutes was gone, there was no hope. Right. Well, and if what happened to any of the people, the local people there that showed any kind of concern, that weren't part of the story, they were opening up their mouths. I mean, how many people end up dead afterwards around from that location or were involved in that day? So, I mean, it's this, the plot just thickens and thickens and thickens. But, you know, when it comes to your videos, re, uh, research, you were able to demonstrate at least some Maybe uh, some, at least one argument can be put to bed, to rest, which has been, who shot him? Where did it come from? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, and it is, it's, this is one of the most clever psyops, assassinations, uh, social engineering, cultural changing programs, et cetera, et cetera, that has ever been created by modern day society uh i mean seriously i mean if you look at this story it is such i mean you go down so many different rabbit holes with this it's bizarre but the thing about it no no less than i think it's it's an excess 60 people have claimed to be the gunman you you know what that (laughs) you know you know what that does that makes it if the real gunman ever came out nobody believes that managed the water so badly. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a president or uh, <laughs> it became a president or something after that point. <laughs> or a politician or whoever he is. Well, he's probably living high off the hog, whatever he's doing. And, and, and they found so many people that hated JFK that 
that everybody's a suspect, so nobody's a suspect. I mean, it's brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, it's so. And then you look at uh, oh, the movie that came out. What's his face? Uh, North or whatever his name is. Uh, uh, with uh, I don't watch television anymore. I haven't watched the movie so long. I can't remember. Oh, uh, the JFK movie and with all the, that famous actor back in the '80s that came out conveniently. Yeah, Oliver Stone. Yeah, Oliver Stone. That's what it is. And and uh, yes, who he is. And that whole movie was. There's another masterful bit of misdirection and just. Uh, I was like, oh, we're giving you some clues here, but have they? Did they really give you much clues to go by? Really? Oh, just a couple names? And, uh, you know, it all like, oh, well, you know, it all goes to the government and the CIA. And like, oh, duh. I mean, obviously, whoever's in, the, in control and the government allowed the damn thing to happen and planned it to happen. And whoever controls the government at that time did the same thing. I mean, they've just... <laughs> Everybody says, well, who benefited? Uh, you know what? Okay, we look at a guy like uh, Johnson. Oh, he became president. It must be Johnson. Or it must be the Roman Catholic Church because, you know, he wasn't behaving like a good Roman Catholic. Or uh, it was the CIA, or it was, uh, you know, the uh, military-industrial complex. I mean, who didn't benefit from him dying? That's the question. Except the average person. He's got their heads all screwed up back then, driven with some fear that uh, there was, you know, now who would, who would benefit? The people who, all the people who prepared, you know, perpetrated it. And it's, it is so easy to pull off. People say, oh, it's, you know, it's an impossibility. You know, somebody would say something. It's hard, you know, it's hard for people to keep quiet. Well, they figured a long time ago you know, compartmentalizing, need-to-know basis. This is your thing. This is your thing. This is your thing. So by the time everyone's put into place, you know, half the guys are thinking it's the Russians. The other half are thinking CIA. Or no, we'll divide that even more. Another part is thinking it's the FBI. Another part I think is the, the mafia, <laughs> the Cuban mafia. I mean, you get to a point that, you know, even the people that are involved were don't even know what happened. Only only a few people at top knew what exactly happened. They'll be damned. They're going to tell you. But we can get one some straight. I don't know. We might not know the name of who shot and uh, JFK. We might know which uh, person at Daily Plaza that day did the shooting and did the hitting. I mean, uh, who you know? What from your research did you find? Well, I don't know who did it, but I think that if somebody confesses to it, they just need to go ahead and treat them like they did it, and they stop it and confess it. You know, don't roll your eyes. Take it serious. Just 60-something people is ridiculous. That, that, is, that is a condemnation of the investigation. What investigation? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. If these people Which think that they can get away with it, they're not afraid of anything being done to them. No. A lot of them end up being uh, big wigs in uh, the political process. For, and even to this day, they're still plaguing our lives. We still get the chance to see their ugly mugs on television and, and them, you know, 
feeding us a bunch of nonsense. But uh, uh, but, but you know, as far as the video goes and your research, because I know you were saying like you discovered that there really was a, I believe, a shooter on the grassy knoll. No, not not on the grassy knoll. No, uh, it's it's not, it's very close though. Uh, in my opinion, the shot came from that facade just to Abraham's supporters left. Uh, it's that curved facing. It's just a work of art. Actually, it's not a building. Uh, you, you can go behind it, and it, it, it's, it's curved with a series of open windows. Just you know, no glass, just open. And yeah, that's, uh, what I, that's what I meant to say. I, I apologize. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so, yeah, the reason the head the, 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 it fits a lot of things, Michael. It it uh, you might recall that some of the eyewitnesses or earwitnesses said they heard a double report. You know, two real close together. Some of well, that's what a parabolic facing like that would produce. If you stuck a rifle out one of those windows and you shot it, you would get an initial report directly out of the muzzle. And then you will get a rebounded report that comes back, hits that facade, and it's focused into another direction. So you'll get a pop, you know, Uh, and think about it is a a parabolic surface it focuses uh, and that's what a telescope mirror is a parabolic uh, configuration focuses light Uh, if you're focusing sound if you're a dead center of the focus it will come out straight in front of you but if, if you're off to one side it will come off to that same degree at the opposite side so uh, you can move that sound around. And uh, it, what it does serves to do is to confuse people. You know, I, I heard this shot come from the Texas School Book Depository, but maybe not if that person was all focused in that facade. It could make that sound. It will focus that sound in that direction. Um, so, you know, ear witnesses are completely invalid. That testimony should never be considered at all. Uh, because of the tight surface that the sound came out of. Uh, it's a, it, it, what you have to work with is they had a really good film. What happened to it because it goes off into, into the hands of, of, what, Life Magazine, right? Life Magazine bought it from Abraham. Who buys evidence for money? You know, don't, what happened to the government there? Why didn't the government seize it? It wasn't an entertainment thing. It was the death of a president. Who can sell that? Anyway, they sell it to Life Magazine, the owner of whom is Henry Luce. And Henry Luce was an avid hater of JFK. And JFK appointed him ambassador to South Vietnam, kind of as an appeasement. And he engineered that coup down there that resulted in the assassination of the president of South Vietnam. Uh, And he never consulted with JFK on that. He just did it. These are people who think they're God. 
Henry Luce buys the evidence that should have been against him. You know, he should have been considered a a suspect. How can he buy evidence? But he did, and when it gets returned, there's frames missing. When asked about the frames, they say, well, they got hung up in the projector and we had to cut them out. Who would project an assassination film? You don't have to project it to see it. Uh, it the whole thing just stinks to high heaven. If, if I shot, if I shot, are you with me, Michael? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I just have music. So, yeah, yeah, if, I were to, if I were to shoot, if I were to shoot you right now, heaven forbid, and somebody filmed it. Could they get? Could they sell it to me? <laughs> I want to buy that film. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't know that Henry Luce did that, but we don't know that he didn't, and, and certainly he he was amongst the haters of JFK. Was very vocal. Well, you it know, reminds, uh, reminds me an awful lot of the Patty film, now, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> how can you get away with certain certain things? You know. Uh, the Patty family, I assume, you know, uh, you got a guy that, that, that's of his own admission says he never touched the camera. Why does he own half the rights? After the death of Roger Patterson, he went to court and, and, and sued for half the rights and won, never having touched that camera. How can that happen? That's like making a major motion picture and a catering service sues for half the right because they provided the food. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, 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 it makes about as much sense. What, what makes sense is that it was sent over to Life. Uh, first of all, it's been well documented that Life magazine and a lot of other rags very large ones have been controlled by the government and CIA for a long time. So you pass it on to a third or a fourth or a fifth or a tenth party. And then that, uh, you know, so now there's more blame to be passed around instead of it uh, being focused on and narrowing it down to uh, a few suspects. Now it's a whole bunch of suspects. who, Who practices those techniques? Who practices? Who who are so good at it that they know exactly how to engineer a complete, you know, a buffoonery of an investigation, and and not make anybody mad or ask questions. Well, it's the organizations like the CIA. Yeah, uh, they, they, uh, they think tanks like psych, psychological warfare. Yeah, he's right. Which is weird. I had a guy actually face a uh, Facebook me as a friend and he has that background and I mentioned that, but he never brought back, he never mentioned, you know, returned the, the, the message, but uh, some guy Facebook me who had exact training. So <clears throat> makes you wonder about when it comes to this Bigfoot thing, uh, how much the government's involved, how deep they really are, not only in hiding it, but also of uh, distorting the message you might say. Yeah, uh, you know, 
Why not? You know, it's just it's it's for the very the bare minimum. It's good practice for them. Well, how much how much should you care? It's you know fifty over fifty years down the road. How much should you care? Well, I think you I think if you have a, a a moral compass, you should care definitely deeply for the starting from the first premise of that. You know, you know you've been lied to. And it's not right. If it's not right for us to lie, then it shouldn't be not right for our leaders to lie. And then the next thing may be that there's murder involved. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that uh, the newer generations even say that that was even staged, that it wasn't even JFK that was in the the car. Uh, whatever the case may be, it really does matter. Someone was murdered that day. Someone had their head blown off. Um not to mention all the other people afterwards who said anything that had any kind of uh, potential connection to revealing what really happened that day. They ended up dying, being murdered. And, and the, you know, I mean, the, the ways of murder these days is so simple from giving you a designer disease to cancer to, uh, well, they got that, even they even admitted they have that one gun that's it, it, a cancer gun where they could shoot you with something. The next thing you know, you're freaking dying of cancer. So, uh, um, yeah, the, you know, the issues are it, uh, overwhelming. It's called integrity. It's called uh, doing what's right. It's called uh, having, uh, uh, practicing uh uh, higher moral standards, um, you know, um, supposed to be a God-fearing nation, hardly. Um, you know, the thing we seem to be fearing is uh, what uh, what everybody else has to think about us, really. <laughs> what our neighbors have to think about us. So when you bring up this kind of topic, you know, you know already that 80% of the people are going to say, shut up, I don't care. What does that have to do with me? The problem has everything to do with you. Because from that time period, it was the beginning stages of really transforming transforming what could have been a great country into uh, systematically uh, the systematic social uh, uh, economic political structure um so it does mean it means a lot i mean i, I can go on and on you want me to can't you keep on going mk or <laughs> i think you know, yeah, spot, yeah. spot on with all of that i mean it's, it's uh it is important uh it's unsolved the thing about it is it's unsolved even though it's solved officially it is solved they solved it immediately <laughs> They just looked in the mirror and said, "Hey, we did a good job." <laughs> well, Leon Bianco got he got pinned on him, and then before he could get a trial, he was killed. That's the end of the matter. Then his murderer was uh, killed, and then that's and then you know, it's all or died in prison or one of the two. Um, uh, he, yeah, he, everybody dies, 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 dies. Yeah, death is the, the great depository of guilt. You think? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and then it brings up the questions like you got, like, uh, uh, 
Bush Senior that was there. They got they got a, unless it's uh, another. Uh, of course, the problem the more and more we go down this journey and the technology and the internet and the World Wide Web and why you know. But there's images out there of this allegedly uh, Bush Senior being there, standing there. Uh, but who else was standing there? Um, um, I didn't. I didn't get a hold of uh, 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 Bill. Uh, um, oh, guys, Ian McKay, McKay, Bill McKay, the, the guy. He, he was there at the uh, motorcade. The journalist that was there, amazingly, at the Houston Chronicle, I believe it was, and then ended up working for the Washington Post, which is... You know you know who I don't think had anything to do with it? At least the actual event. He may have known about... He may have known the people that did it. Um, it's JFK. Not JFK, but LBJ. Uh, LBJ, I watched him in that motorcade. He's waving at people. It's inconceivable to me that he's not looking ahead if he knew there was going to be shots fired. I know one thing. Um, he he was. They swore him in as, as, as like a bolt of lightning. You know what I that's mean? That's what I said. He, he he probably knew the people that did it, but I don't think he knew in advance that it was going to be done right then. Uh, it's it's like I said, the temptation to look. Well, you know, there's be, there's, would, there's there's a valid point because you know uh, it's clear today, at least in our, since my lifetime, all presidents have basically been puppets, if not always. Um, you know, you hope that a guy like Washington, George Washington wasn't, but you never know, you weren't there. So, But at least our lifetime, every single president has been a puppet. And, you know, what a better statement to say to the up and, the new and up-and-coming president that, listen, you're not in charge. You just do what we're. You just do what you're. You do what you're told, and everything will be okay. You just pretend to be a president. You just read what we put in front of you. We'll give you a few things, you know, if you want. You have a few of your own programs and that kind of stuff to, for legacy. You know, but you know, yeah. you, you don't have any. You don't have anything. Any say in this, and and let's think about it. It's one man trying lead a. A Goliath of a corporation uh, with a, a, an octopus with a gazillion tentacles in its own right, and one, how could one man run it? It's our own. It's our own delusion to think that it, it could be possible. It's not possible. Well, like I, said, right, I know people well enough in my sixty plus years of life that that if they thought someone was fixing to be shot and have their head blown, right out ahead of them, they would at least be looking in anticipation. He's waving at the women off to the side, 90 degrees. Oh, he loved his women, didn't he? That's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, they, <laughs> as much as you may not like him or his persona, I, I just, based on that, I just say that he, he, he probably did not know it was coming. No, it, it makes yeah, all the sense it, in the world. It makes all the sense in the world, you know, and not to tell them what's going on until the last moment. And they could have said, you know, no, I, it makes all the sense because, you know, 
it, it, it sends a strong message to him that he's not in charge. Yeah, uh, he, 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 he did some things that he should not have done. Well, who did he ordered? He ordered the cleaning <laughs> of the cleaning of the limousine. He ordered that it would be cleaned up, and it was evidence. See, it goes back to evidence again. Not, nothing was done as far as the collection of evidence. If you didn't pick oh. it up on film, on that film, the Zabruder film or the Nick film, then it was done away with shortly thereafter. They they had a they had a, a, a place on the curb where a boat struck the curb, and they cut it out with concrete saws. And it's it's sealed for 75 years <laughs> by presidential order. Well, who was the president that ordered it? LBJ. Why would right. you steal evidence for 75 years? Because you did, Well, maybe because you didn't want to... Uh, well, either you were told to do it to protect other people uh, that, you know, that wanted to save their own hides or you did it to save your own hide and then there's, of course, a third option that you're trying to save your hide and everybody else's hide that was involved in it. So, uh, you know, it was pretty much, you know, by the time, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, I mean, by the time he is sworn in as president, he's just like, well, here we go. Well, you know, I mean, if, if you don't think that uh, presidents are being, you know, they're just men, they're just men. There was, there, they, there was zero investigation of the Russians. Of course. Zero. Zero. And you want to talk, they're all high mighty wanting to investigate them now when there's probably a lot less reason to than it was for the JFK assassination. They had every reason to investigate. The whole daily plaza was full of them. <laughs> and they did nothing. Well, that that probably you know they're hoping that guys like Henry Kissinger and all those other, I don't know how that guy stays alive, man. All I know is one thing: if there ever was a guy that was demon possessed, there's one. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I, I, it's, I, a I, I, it's a great It's a great opportunity to start a new. I'm not a political person anyway. I I, uh, I, 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 try to pay, I try to pay attention, you know, uh, because things do affect. Uh, but 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 in the case of JFK, I can tell my man I deal with images, uh, and and I try to explain the images. You know uh, who was Lee Harvey Oswald? What was he doing in Dallas, Texas? Well, you can learn all about George Demornchild, and, and uh, you know George Demornchild moved to Florida, and uh, it, they, his family had the habit of recording soap operas on a cassette tape. They didn't have video cassettes. They they had audio cassettes. Okay. Well, I think it was his daughter or his niece or somebody was upstairs recording a soap opera, and a guy knocked on the door. And he George went to the door. Not George. It was George's wife. George was gone, uh, and the guy gave her a business card said he was from the select committee of House Select Committee of on Assassinations. He wanted George to come and testify on this date. Okay, when George gets back, she gives him the business card, and he promptly goes up to his room, gets a gun, and shoots himself in the head. And it got recorded on their cassette tape, a bizarre, most awfulest thing 
you know, it was, I, I remember that that thing surfaced. Good gosh. They, when they, they, they discovered him, found him laying in there dead and screaming. And it was the awfulest thing I ever heard in my life. But oh, never heard that. This guy put himself away rather than testify. He also wrote a letter to, to George Bush Sr. And he asked George Bush Sr. if he would call off the people that were tailing him. And George Sr. replied, it's not my people. That's when he was head of the CIA. Uh-huh. Well, that doesn't mean so, it's true. <laughs> it just well, means he's he just advocating any kind of responsibility. Well, they, does, they, it they, sound, does it sound like there was a little more to George DeMorne Child? Oh, absolutely. Why was, why was George DeMorne Child even walking around? <laughs> well, yeah, all those people. How many people were there that day? It's Dallas. Why not? What? I mean, you 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 would think that 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 number of uh, quote unquote uh, well big shots. What would I say? This big shots. I don't want to say dignitaries because there's nothing dignified about any of these people. But um, that all showed up at Dallas. Why not DC? Uh, why not uh, somewhere? You know, they chose Dallas for some kind well, of. Well, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas was the I think the third choice. Uh, they had. They had tried in Chicago, and I think it got canceled. And they tried again in Miami, and it got canceled. Because they wanted Dallas. And why is Dallas? Well, well Dallas, let's look at the, the symbolic nature of it. Well, it's because the, the Secret Service was a very small organization. And by the time that he had been to uh, Fort Worth and other places. I think he'd been to San Antonio. The Secret Service were stretched so thin there was there was extremely poor security. It was uh, very inadequate. And, well, and, not, and their behavior, their behaviors, it's almost right. Like and they spent they spent the previous night out drinking, even though. Even though the later they they said it wasn't a matter, you know, wasn't a, any consequence in the assassination, how could it not be? Well, weren't they in a you know, strip joint? Why, as well? why, why do they why do they people for drinking on the job? <laughs> were they in a strip joint as well? Is that what you heard? Well, you know, they were out carousing, which is yeah. they've gotten a long long uh, record of that now. But, uh, they, it, it was you saw you, you could see that the Dallas police pulled back. They were originally in front. Okay, they pulled back to the back. Okay, they're they're, they're showing up on behind where a bullet might be coming from the scuba depository, but they re, relinquish all security of the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the very. That's the very things that were missing from the Zapruder film when they entered that entered that intersection, and and the police pulled back, the motorcycle cops pulled back. Uh huh. That's the frames that are missing. Have you ever seen my work on that film? Uh, a little bit of it, but but uh... I've got some most excellent stabilization and. and Probably a you, know, it, it, 10%. you know the thing is about it. 
I can't stand watching his head being blown off anymore. I just can't. Do Under, it. Understood. But if you're I, interested I in, if you're if you're if you're if you're interested in trajectories, you can tell where this bullet came from by watching that. You can't in the poor quality, but in the high quality stuff, you can tell. It's coming from the front, isn't it? it no, it comes from hit hit it right above, uh, sort of in the temple, sort of just above the ear. And, well, and it just well, lit- I, well, well, I should rephrase that. I'm not saying it's the driver. I'm saying whatever that guy is in that uh, amazing wall that had opened windows, a perfect place for a sniper. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was all designed for that moment, and uh, it, you know, it, it was literally a, a, a well, only about what, a thirty, a thirty or forty yard shot at very slow speed. You know, uh, a, a sniper, trained snipers, just you know, just a chip shot. Well, let's put it this way: so if you're if you're if you can picture the the vehicle going down the road, and you look uh, at the left side of the vehicle and the right side of the vehicle. Obviously, the shot's coming from the left side of the vehicle, right? The driver's side. Isn't it not kind of like in a, uh, it's not like a 90-degree angle, but it's more like a maybe 45-degree angle going. I mean, in other words, it's not behind the vehicle. He's, the shooter is still kind of in front of the vehicle, but it's to the left, right? It, 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 literally, it literally goes at an angle. It, it enters above, above that ear at an angle. Not straight across where it would come out the other year, but at an angle toward the forward, and it it lays open the head. It literally, you know, makes a trench. It lays it open both ways, and you can actually see the hole where the bullet went through the trajectory, uh, and that kicks him backwards. Well, what do you, what do you think about all the people that are arguing that it's the driver? And they say they have an image. Yeah, I, I, I looked at it frame by frame. I hadn't seen that. The only thing I could ever say about the driver is that he had some odd things he did with the speed of the vehicle. But, yeah, like slow you know, it down. Slow yeah, it down. Almost, he almost <laughs> stopped. Yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the motorcycle cops almost ran into him. Uh, and that's another thing that I know the motorcycle cops weren't involved, even though they may have had orders to step back. But but their reaction at the time that it happened was uh, the same reaction you have of unex unexpectation. You know, it, it almost ran into the car. Right. Uh, well, here is this once again. It's the way to make something like this happen is through uh, need to know basis compartmentalization, and uh, you know, so you get people. Yeah, all of them, all of them clearly were told to fall back. They they all were clearly told to fall back. Now one car. One car went on across the intersection and onto a side street. It didn't follow the motorcade, huh. and I, I believe that I believe it was the police chief. <laughs> well, there you go. And you, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, those pyramidal structures, huh? Bunch of Ponzi schemes. Yeah, well, it, 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 goes, it comes back to if you ever understood it all. Uh, you know, it, it would it would it would occupy your whole entire mind. It would occupy your whole. The average person is not going to want to to understand the Kennedy assassination. They're not going to want to because it's it's overwhelming, and it's so long ago, and it doesn't affect the average person now. 
And, and you know, that goes back to the question we asked, what does it matter? Uh, it may be like, like Hillary Clinton. You know, what does it matter now? What did she say about Benghazi? Uh, something yeah. like that. You know, it's a very famous quotation. Right. You know, it's over and done. People are dead. You can't bring them back. But they got dead for a reason. They got dead, you know. You know, we have laws. Uh, if if we are who we think we are. Well, you and I have laws. <laughs> it seems like the leaders of the ship, you know, the oligarchy seems to be lawless, but the rest of us don't. And we don't. We have laws. We get, you know, if we, you know, we jaywalk. We go to can go to prison just for five years just for jaywalking. So <laughs> in some places, you know, they can throw you in jail yep. for whatever reason. So we don't. Uh, it is it is very concerning, and the biggest thing that should be learned from all this, and this is one of those things that I find, and I mentioned this I don't know how many times in different shows, that the ultimate goal in all of this should be the tearing down of false idols and the realizing who one should put their trust in and who not and, and, uh, and what not to put our trust in. And that, you know... Um, that doesn't mean that uh, we negate our civic responsibilities and try to make this place a better place and for all, but it's, uh, you know, if you're putting your trust in man, uh, an authority figure, you got to remember they're, they're just like the rest of us, just like the rest of us. And, uh, well, you know, here's another question to ask yourself. What would you do in that situation if you were put in that situation? Would you do the right which, thing? Knowing which situation? That, uh, being involved with in any way knowing uh, about the assassination of JFK, who was involved, even if you didn't do it yourself, but you knew exactly who it, and you knew that if you if you it was your your responsibility specifically to actually um um. And, you know, to, you know, tell the truth about things. If, you know, if you really care about the, you know, other people, Constitution, blah, 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 all the other things. But knowing that you would say anything would jeopardize your life, probably your family's life, your children's life, uh, their future, you know, at best, they're probably going to have a dead mom or dad. Um, you know, it's a terrible situation to put be put in. And... Um, you know, a few very evil men put a lot of probably halfway, you know, decent men in a terrible position, which they really didn't have much hope of getting out of it. And a country for that matter, a whole country. So you you, it's, you put your people in a situation where it's like, well, can't do nothing about it. So I'll just focus on, you know, crocheting or, you know, going to the, the gym. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least I can do something about that. But uh, well, which, which, which is the easier choice? Well, the easiest choice is just not to talk about any of this stuff. But uh, yeah, well, the easiest choice is to just do your crochet. Right. Well, here's the here's the show. Sure, yeah. Right. I know that's a terrible example, but uh, uh, analogy. But you know, the thing is, is uh, here's the issue. The issue is, and I just I try I truly believe this to be the case. Okay. You didn't have a choice in the matter who you are. 
I don't have a choice no matter who I am. If I tried to go down a different route and wasn't willing to talk about these things, I'd be the most miserable of people. You know what I'm saying? If I put my head in the sand, I would just be really miserable. But I, and it's because I really believe that uh, in a creator, and that each person has been created in a certain way. Some have been created to be good, and some to be bad, and all thing in between. And I know the psychologists and all the social programmers out there are not going to like to use the word bad or good, but you know that's the way it is. Uh, you know, some people, to all they care about is themselves and what they get out of life. And other people, uh, you know, they, for whatever reason, we care. You cared enough to, to look into the film. You're, I'm caring enough to talk to you about it, uh, you know, and record it. And why is that? I, there's only so much you can you contribute to yourself and say, you know, it's all, it's all me. I mean, fact of the matter is, if you know, if I, if I was living a life that many other people are content with motivated by, you know, what is considered the American dream. Well, I would just, I've been there. I've been down that road. It just made my, I, I was miserable doing it. And for some reason, you know, we're meant to do these things for whatever it is, you know, if it's, and this is what I think it is. Ultimately it's not to solve the mystery. It's not to indict, the, the criminal, but it's to help others and ourselves to break away from our false idols and maybe put a little more trust in our creator. Now, I know that sounds a little religious to some people, but I'm not talking about religion. I'm just talking about, at this point, it's almost 50 years old, but that seems to be about the, you know, you know, I don't know, but at this point, you know, it's supposed to be God, country, and your family, but, you know, it may, maybe it's God and your family, and then maybe your country. <laughs> I don't know if you even have a country anymore. I don't know. But the biggest thing is, you know, it's just like you said, you know, you're not really politically active or interested. Uh, well, you know, maybe that's a good message, really. It's not in the sense that, you know, uh, how much time and energy must be uh invest into something that we have so little control over in the first place. Should we be arguing with each other? Should we be being played uh, this left-right paradigm? You know, you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat. Um, should we be just be saying, you know, uh, I I don't know what you believe in, but I believe in doing what's right. And what's right to me is, is to uh, take care of yourself, your family, respect your neighbors, uh, to do what's right, you know, as far as taking care of this place that's been given to us. Um, it's, you know, um, and, you know, I, I, I don't like the word love. And I know that sounds strange. I mean, I love my son. I care about MK, Davis. You know what I mean? And if there's loving actions in that, well, that's one thing. But this whole, I mean, the new age thing about love and all that kind of stuff, you know, we were never designed to love everybody. But we were designed to uh, make uh, some choices and to, uh, we have the capacity 
to make what's the right choice, the right choice that we've been guess, destined to do. I mean, I mean, I, I know that sounds a little cryptic and maybe a little scattered all over the place, but, you know, ask yourself, MK, before we end, what motivated you? Truly, what motivated you to spend the time and the hours to break down that film? What motivated you? I really can't say can't say what motivated my initial start, but uh, having learned some of the story directly from Mrs. Patterson myself, well, that that provided the the, the impetus for pursuing it like I did. Uh, well, know, what even uh, motivated you to talk to Mrs. Patterson? I mean, even that first step. I mean, it's like, well, who are you, MK? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who are you to think that you should do that? I mean, who, who am I to reach out to M.K. Davis? I have uh, asked myself that many times, many times. You know, you know what? But once I learn it, once I learn this, it's a human story. It's not a big story. It's a human story. I heard human things. I heard, I heard people that suffered. I heard people that that needed their husband, you know, uh, yeah. and didn't have, didn't have her husband and had to deal with those, the, the extraordinary circumstances. It's, it's, it's regular people who did extraordinary things. And when you're left with the fallout and you're only a spouse, you're just the woman. And all the rest of them that want to gobble this thing up are men, and they and they they have their way with you in every way possible. Well, I don't know how the average person should feel, but I know what intake is. That the only thing I could do for her was try to help her through it in such a way. It's to step in and do the things that her husband would have done. Hmm. Yeah, I, it, it, well, you, and, and you know, other than that, other than that, I couldn't. Yeah, but, and, and, you know, and uh, thank you for doing that, truly. And it just goes back to the question, you know, why MK? Why not somebody else down the road? Why not? Uh, well, that, not, that, 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 you're, you're right up to that point. And then at that point, once that point was reached, it was it was just going to be MK. There was no one else that's going to do it. Right. No well, one you else know, was going to do it. Well, that's the, I'm talking about the internal fire. Some people call it, uh, you know, spirit, the light of God, whatever. Well, uh, it's, there's it's, certain it's, things that you, that you know you knew for whatever reason you could you were not going to well. I don't know if you knew, but you were driven to do the right thing when no one else was. And so what makes one man different than another? I think a lot of times it has to do with the fact that, uh, well, there are certain elements in our lives that we just, that's the certain destiny type of thing, where, but it's, destiny might not be the right word, but there's just certain things in our lives that are out of our control. It's either we go with it, and do what's you know it's it's in our gut to do what's right you know it's in our soul or we are uh, 
well, we'll just be a miserable person for not doing it. We'll kick ourselves and say, damn, I should have done the right thing. It's kind of like when you you see someone who breakdowns on the road and instead of stopping and helping them, you, you keep on going. And then afterwards, you're like, damn, I should have done that. I should have went back to help them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Yeah, well, there's no guarantees about an act, of, an act of kindness. There's no guarantees that it's going to be repaid in this kind of way. Um, it, 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 it's, it's that inner self. And, and sometimes you don't really have time to think. Sometimes it's not, it doesn't involve thinking at all. Yeah. You know, that, that you know, it comes like a bolt from the blue. You know, you just know it, that that's what you need to do, and you do it. You know. Well, MK, this has been another wonderful uh, episode in our journey. I don't know if you're enjoying it still, but I sure am. And I hope next Wednesday we can do it again if you're if you got time. My son has karate practice, and I got to get him going. He's at four. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. No problem there. We'll do it next Wednesday. All right, and uh, I think you know probably uh, as the way things work out is probably get the best thing that. Uh, this time around, that maybe uh, Duke wasn't with us. Uh, you know, like you and I have plenty to talk about, and unfortunately, time constraints. I think we could have done another hour of this easily, going down many different directions. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the most, the many tentacles. Oh yeah, but the, the back to you know the big thing is breaking a false idols and uh, you know, putting too much faith in the wrong uh, thing which is other men, and especially men of authority and power. Just because they have those positions doesn't mean that they're godlike. And the other thing is, is that, you know, this issue is important, and it still affects us today. And quite frankly, it's going to affect this country for generations to come, whether we realize it or not. So... The best thing is we should spend a little bit of time on it. Might not answer all the questions, but we certainly it helps to broaden your horizons and how you actually see the real world. So, any last comments before I end it? No, I get it. Uh, I, I think you're correct. It should be considered periodically, but attempts at solving it should be made every year, or maybe more commonly than that. Um, and and if, if I think that you are never going to solve anything if you don't try, right? And you never know what the outcome's going to be. So, but you got to try anyways. So. All right, my friend, it was great talking to you. I'm going to end the recording. Once again, folks, this uh, the conversation with M.K. Davis. You can find his work on the Davis Report and uh, Green Wave. Uh, 2010 FB. That's 2010 FB Greenway. So, all right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.